1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: I would ask you to just give us a little bit of grace. I mean, is it really does it is it really necessary to come forth with this this harsh harsh of a judgment to say I would support you if you started if you started acting more on your faith and and it's tacky and non- unnecessary to say it with I, I would just say, hey, hey, whoa, pump the brakes a little bit. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching if you're on YouTube. Thank you for listening on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, any other uh, podcast app that you might be coming from. Thank you for making this constantly one of the top podcasts in all of music. It's, it's been fun. One of my favorite guests here, Parker Smith, repeat from last week. Thank you for coming, dude. Thanks for having me. Parker is 13 years younger than me. And we, we have known like three Parkers in my life. One, I knew the toddler Parker, like the little kid. And then I moved away and went to college. And by the time I saw him again, besides Christmas and Thanksgiving, he was already uh, a high school Parker and then the uh, high school Parker, we kind of separated a little bit and then he became adult Parker and now we work together. So that's the three versions. You mm. know, sometimes I miss the little kid Parker.
3: Mm. What version will we get next, I wonder. Who knows?
2: <laughs> no, man. This is this is it. Two adults. We're thirteen years apart, so get when we were younger, it we just felt worlds apart a lot of times. But now it feels it doesn't feel like there's an age difference besides the fact that
3: I've been married longer. Yeah. And I just show you how to format your Instagram posts.
2: True. True. The the way that we run this podcast, guys, is you email me. GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. I'll check your email, ask me a question, and then we'll answer the question like we're just sitting around a campfire. You're shooting, hey, could I ask you a question? Uh, It's about a relationship or about my boss or about uh, a new job I want to try or we want to move or it could be about anything. And Parker and I will walk through it. Parker is also the CEO of Yigi Apparel, our uh, brother apparel line, my middle brother, Tyler, uh, is my manager, my business, my, excuse me, my music manager, and he's also co-owner of Yi with me. So we, we work together. What is going on at Yee, Yee Apparel? It's been crazy after the fall launch. You guys are finally catching up after that.
3: Yeah. We're getting ready for a big push heading into, uh, the end of the year uh finally caught up on orders at this point by the time you're listening to this and so uh you should get your order fairly quickly if you order today and then we have some cool we have actually the biggest thing that we've ever done releasing on black friday which is project x and we will yeah. be teasing that sometime in november and uh that is going to be extremely exciting day for yee yee are you excited
2: yeah man this has been in the works for a long time so much research um so much field trials to to make sure this is exactly right project x and you guys talk about it we we have another podcast called the yee, yee podcast it comes out on wednesdays you're on almost every episode of that right yes so that's with hayden and parker i'm not on it that i'm on it maybe once a month hayden invites me but you guys have talked about uh, Project X. I just retweeted something, you guys, a little clip you put from that podcast, but I'm so pumped about that. Hey, I got to ask you, what if someone listening now wants to work at the Yee Farm for you?
3: If they are local in the Austin area and they can work more than 20 hours a week, then email store at yeeapparel.com with your resume and we'll go through them and we may be able to use you. Great let's get
2: to this first question here. It comes from a girl named Amber, a a name I'm very familiar with. Says, Hey Granger, how would you feel about a man that your wife and you met together at the same time, sending your wife a friend request and not you? This happened to me recently, a woman that my husband and I met at a dinner party, sent my husband a friend request, but not me. I thought this was strange, and my husband said that he didn't want to accept the request until she sent me one. I don't want to blow the situation out of proportion, but it gave me a weird feeling. What are your
3: thoughts? It's interesting. Yeah, that's very specific. I sense a little uneasiness, maybe a little insecurity. Not to say that's not a strange situation. She was probably pretty. Probably. Maybe a little intimidated by
2: her. Nothing against you, Amber. Um, I think it's a valid question. And let me say it this way. You can't control anything that happens outside of your marriage to you guys. All you can control is how you and your husband react to it. So yes, at it, 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 one level, it's, sh- it's weird. It's weird that you would get a friend request, that he would get a friend request and not you. But at the, on another level, it's almost like, well, the world's going to do what the world's going to do. You you didn't know this guy or this girl, and you can't really trust someone that you don't know for just from a one time meeting at a dinner party. And so I think you're you're valid in being uneasy about it, but it's not that big a deal if your husband just ignores it.
3: Yeah, at, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like she probably has a crush on your husband. So what? <laughs> so yeah. You-
2: it shouldn't affect anything. Yeah. Um, that, and that's the conversation between you and your husband. And I don't think you're wrong in telling your husband, don't accept it. That's weird. I don't think you're being a crazy, jealous wife. I don't think you're being out of line. I, I think he would probably do the same thing right back to you. It's no big deal. Um, it's weird that it happened, but move on, ignore it. And it's, it's uncalled for. It's, it's, uh, it's unnatural. Um, man, I got I got a lot of questions for you, Parker. That I kind of set aside, and th- oh, this is interesting. This is an interesting one. I want to read this to you. I've been holding on to this since since September. It says uh, the subject line is Yee Yee quote Faith Family Outdoors. That's something we say a lot at Yee Yee Apparel is Faith Family Outdoors. It says I've noticed Faith Family Outdoors on your Yee Yee Apparel. But I haven't noticed faith as a part of Yee, Yee. Yes, we see Granger sharing his faith regularly and occasionally Parker and Tyler, but not Yee, Yee itself. Faith doesn't seem to be a part of the company as a whole. I purchased Yee, Yee in the past, and I would purchase more and be more interested if faith were more prevalent. I get that you have a dedicated fan base who likes the outdoors, redneck country lifestyle represented by the company, but... You, if, but and you want to cater to that. But using faith as part of the tagline seems tacky and unnecessary if the company itself isn't going to actually represent Christian values or share the gospel in any way through the brand. I thought that just blew me away when I read that. It blew me away because I want to ask, what what do you think Yee Yee is? It is us. It is me, Parker and Tyler. We're the ones that started it. And if we're the ones sharing the gospel and sharing our faith all the time, then what do you want as, from Yi yee, yee that we are Yi Yi, right? Yeah. Isn't that kind of what you think?
3: Yeah, I agree. I remember, I remember uh, having a conversation with our team when, uh, when I first decided to make our tagline Faith Family Outdoors. And I remember having a conversation with a guy who goes, are you sure you want that to be in, in our bio of ye Apparel? because that faith could turn some people away having a conversation with a guy internally. And I was like, yes, a hundred percent. And he goes, okay, also that, that faith doesn't necessarily align with some of the things that we're posting right now. And that was a big wake up call to me to be like, okay, well it should. So if you look at our page two years ago versus what we're posting today, there is a stark difference of the type of content that we're promoting that was, I mean, before it was really promoting drunkenness and uh, and a lot of cussing and things that were not, uh, you know, necessarily rooted in a company that is going to use the tagline of faith. And so, yeah, I think that we do a, a good job of representing that on our personal pages and on the Yi platform now.
2: Yeah, uh, to to this emailer, I would ask you to just give us a little bit of grace. I mean, is it really does it is it really necessary to come forth with this? this harsh, harsh of a judgment to say, I would support you if you started, if you started acting more on your faith and, and it's tacky and not unnecessary to say it without, I I would just say, hey, hey, whoa, pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, do you not fall? There has been a big change in the three brothers over the last two years. Another question I get constantly is a question along the lines somewhere of, hey, don't you think that, you singing earl dibble singing about getting drunk is not representing um the faith that you talk about and i'm just there's that's such a loaded question because i'm like man that was in 2011
3: it's a very very different it's it's also a very valid question because (laughs) i I asked myself that question too whenever i whenever i uh would consider myself a born again radical follower of christ i remember texting you and saying i don't see any other way to follow Christ than to become a, basically a pastor at this point. I need to stop everything. I need to quit yeah. everything. And the only thing that I do is go to seminary and start my own, <laughs> ch- plant my own church. And it's like, so, and so for the people who ask you that, it's like, Granger, the only thing you literally need to be seeing is, is gospel and worship every single song. You yeah. need to stop your career and halt it. Ye, Ye Apparel needs to stop every post and every single post needs to be sharing the gospel. And it's like, I just think that there's ways to, I think that there's ways to to grow where we're planted where Christ finds us so that we can promote the gospel to his glory in the best way we know how
2: through what we're doing not necessarily quitting everything and opening a church right um but I mean my my transformation happened you know si- even since the latest album you know because the latest album was was done and wrapped up before the the crazy transformation happened to me so Um, yeah, we think about it all the time. If you go to my concert now, here's a good example. You go to my concert now, Earl Dibbles Jr. The, the bridge of the country boy song is getting country junk in the back of my truck. The night is young, going to get messed up. That's the bridge. And, and has been over the years, a really big moment of the show. I stopped it. I don't do that anymore because I felt convicted about it. So now that part, instead of that line, I changed it to wherever city we are, I'll say, it's a Nebraska celebration. We are Yee Yee Nation. It's a Nebraska celebration. We are Yee Yee Nation. So I change it to wherever we are. And that's the new line. So th- so there's like little things that we shave off here and there, but man, we're working on it. Please, please do p- the emailer, pump your brakes a little bit and give us a little bit of grace. Um you you sound like you got a, a lot figured out. And I wish I wish I was more like you, and I'm working on it. I'll say that. Um here's a quick one. I just went right to it. It says, dear Granger, please tell me what are your thoughts on race mixing and racial integration? I was a little surprised by that. Um, but man, good, good with it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's my answer. I'm good with it. I don't know. Um, because it, because of the question, I don't know where you're leaning with that or what you're needing out of me, but man, I've, see, I see, I wouldn't bat an eye at it. I wouldn't think twice about it. So that's my answer. Yep. Agreed. Family issues. Hey, Granger, I'm Charles Holly. I'm 13 and I have a problem. So for a while, my dad's brothers have been sucking up to his mom for money instead of working. My dad is very mad at his brother's. And does not want to confront his mom because she has been through cancer several times. So I would love your advice. Please reply if um, you're going to put this on the podcast in which episode. (laughs) God bless Charles Hawley. Um, Dad is, dad's brother has been sucking up the mom for money instead of working. And dad's very mad, but he doesn't confront mom. But does he confront the brother? That's where he needs to, he doesn't need to confront mom. I get that, but does he confront the brother? Said, hey, Charles, this is uh, this is between your dad and his brothers. You're 13. I appreciate your concern, but this is this is um, this is on your dad. We we have to, at some level, be men of integrity. And uh, dad, Charles is watching you do the right thing. If it's not a big deal, if you don't care that much, then don't worry about it. If you don't worry that mom's giving your brother money, don't worry about it. If you do care that much about it, go to your brother and say, hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. You're taking advantage of mom. She's been through cancer. She can't keep doing this. But there's one, there's one of these in so many families. There's this kind of situation happens a lot. Communication. Thanks, Charles. You want me to read a couple of these to you, some subject lines so we know where to go? Man, we're kind of rocking some questions right now. We're moving faster than we normally do. Yeah. Oh, how about this one? First one on the list now, it says, help, please read pornography. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say read pornography. It says, in parentheses, please help, read, and then pornography (laughs) for (laughs) (laughs) clarification. Thanks. Hey Granger, first of all, I just want to say thanks for doing this podcast and making your music. My name is Tim I'm fifteen and I have an older brother who's seventeen who is addicted to pornography. Our parents don't know about this. My question is should I tell our parents about his pornography problem? You also also should know that my older brother has a big anger problem and one of my fears is, is that if I tell our parents he's going to beat me up physically. I've been praying for my brother since I found out. I'm just not sure if it's my place to tell our parents about his pornography problem. Also, if I were to tell our parents, how would I go about doing it? I appreciate your thoughts. This is Tim from Idaho. Thank you, Tim. Shout out to Idaho. Appreciate you listening, brother. That's two uh, young teenagers in a row that we read here. And, and both of the questions, what we could, what the, the analogy between the 13 year old and the 15 year old is they're both worried about, someone else in the family that's not theirs problem? These questions
3: are hard. Did you think I was going to give you a bunch of easy ones for that? (laughs) Yes, honestly. Because it's one question. It's one thing to be addicted to pornography yourself and to be seeking ways to be freed from that. It's another situation when you add in these complications of, is it my place to speak up for someone that I love for what I know is ultimately going to be right for them, even if at, it's at the expense of potentially, uh, some type of physical abuse. I mean, that's just, I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. So,
2: so Tim, um, you being afraid of your big brother for you calling him out and he beats you up physically, that's like a different issue. So that's something else that we probably should talk about. Um, that's probably a higher priority than your brother's addiction, because this is what affects you directly, Tim Yeah, is the possibility of you getting beaten up. I'm sh- I'm, I'm assuming this has happened before. Otherwise you wouldn't have said it that way. You would have said you're scared that he might, but you're scared that he is. So, um, so go to your parents with that. Right? Like, go to your parents with that first, like, hey, um, I'm afraid of my older brother that he might beat me up physically. Could we talk about this as a family because I don't want to live in a house where I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. That's a great question for Mom and Dad. And once again, this just like the last question, this goes back to Mom and Dad um being parents full of integrity that have a, a household that. When you come home from school, any kid that's listening, you should you should come home from school to a safe place. When you walk in your house, you're safe from physical abuse, you're safe from name calling, you're safe from verbal abuse of any kind. That's how it's, it's not always like that, but that's how it should be. So parents should should always be aware that they have a safe place. You come home because the world is crazy. You're gonna see crazy things at school and at work. But when you come home through our doors, you could relax. Because this is a safe spot. That's what, as a parent, that's what you want your kids to feel. So, Tim, go to them with that. And um, as far as the pornography, you love your brother. I think that's great. But um there's there's other issues right now. And I would I would take all that energy that you're 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 throwing out to want to fix your brother and turn that, that energy back to yourself and your own life and go, what is it that I'm doing that I could clean up a little bit? You know, like the kid that we read, you know, was it last week about the coffee? You know, how, how do I stop being addicted to coffee? And he's 14 years old. You know, is there something going on with you, Tim, that you could help clean up in your own life and, and be that, be that example where your, your older brother goes, man, my brother, Tim is just a rock solid kid. <laughs> He's man, that guy's just got it figured out. And I don't, that's a much better example than you two years younger going, you shouldn't do that. I mean, who are you to tell him that? Right.
3: Yeah. I actually, I think that you summed that up fairly well. And I wanted to ask you, I think that there's a lot of guys out there. This is a subject that not a lot of guys like to talk about openly. And there's probably a lot of guys out there who are wondering what steps that they can take to, uh, free themselves from the addiction of pornography that has gotten so popular. Uh, so accessible and so accessible. Uh, and I, I remember growing up, not knowing one guy who did not watch pornography, like from middle school on every, and it was so normalized and it's continued to be normalized and accessible. Uh, Would you have any advice for, for guys who are, are addicted to it at this point or, or maybe just explain some of the dangers of it for some people who don't think it's so normalized that they don't understand the dangers of it.
2: There's two levels. There's two levels to that question. And, and on one level you could say, because God doesn't want you to, you know? And, and I think so many times when we're, when we're teaching like our kids, you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't, you shouldn't steal. Why? Well, ultimately we want to tell our kids because God says not to, you should honor your parents. Why? Because God says to, it's right here. Let me show you the verse. Let me show you the verse. And so at some level
3: with this, it's like, well, let me show you the verse. So when people hear you say that, though, they, they're going to say, well, God doesn't say not to watch pornography. Well, There's no verse that says that. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But he's going to say that you you have to flee from any kind of sexual immorality and any kind of sexual temptation. And that's exactly what that is. So that's one level. The second level is just the mental addiction of it and the, and the damage that it does, um, one okay you could start with one of the levels of damage that it does is it it will degrade your perception of women and it's going to it's going to really it's going to really hurt um the the image you have of the next girlfriend that you have when you're 19 years old and so it's here we go back to the cookie jar thing you know what what is it that's triggering this why are you going to it? And how are you getting to it? And let's get the cookie jar out of the kitchen. If you're on a diet, you don't want to walk past the cookie jar every day. Get it out of the kitchen. So we can start with that.
3: Yeah, I think it, uh, it has a lot to do with at the root what John Piper says in his, what he calls his Christian hedonism, which is he says, okay, what's the definition of hedonism? A pleasure-filled life. And so he was the one who really started this uh, movement of Christian hedonism. And it's like, okay, we have a God. And we know that through following Christ, we will have trial and we will have suffering. But at the same time, we know that that is the only place that we can find uh, the joy and fulfillment that our souls long for. And so when you're when you're searching through, uh, you know, pornography or alcohol or drugs, you're saying, I don't trust you. I will figure out how to fill that void myself through these this the dopamine trickle in my brain that comes from doing these short term things. And you're saying, I don't I don't trust your, uh, your ability to give me fulfillment and peace. And so I think it's just an honest conversation with yourself at that point saying that I've been trying to rely upon myself uh, rather than God for the fulfillment that my soul needs.
2: Yeah. So what do you do? And I think an easy answer to that, the quick answer is what we say, seek wise counsel. So you go to a friend. You go to a friend that you could trust, you know, he's a good guy. And you say, can I tell you something that's, I'm really embarrassed to say this, but I can I tell you, man, I can't stop looking at porn. Can you help me, man? Can you help keep me accountable? I man, once again, it has to be someone that you trust, or maybe it's someone that has the same problem and you both want to work together. But if you keep each other accountable, it's amazing what that could do in your life. And you, you could literally, if you open it up, and now it's, it's an embarrassing topic, but if you just open it up and you just say, hey, I'm going to call you every morning and say, how'd you do yesterday? And so when you get that urge, you want to f- open your phone and go see something and you think, oh, I got to talk to my buddy tomorrow on the phone and I want a clean slate. I want to tell him I didn't do it. Or you got to be honest and tell him you did. But human accountability is a big deal when it comes to something like this. I know that's not what you're asking, Tim, and I know that we gave you a lot of stuff here, but um, I appreciate you emailing, and I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you caring about stuff that matters like this, and um, I hope we get some of this stuff ironed out. I love Idaho, too, so hope to see you next time we come. Um, Parker, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Guys, this podcast today is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I'm on the road right now reading this advertisement for Athletic Greens in Ohio. Back of my bus, Wildflower. And when I come out of the road, this is no no joke, I always bring a bag of Athletic Greens with me. And this, this started, our relationship started when I first started reading for Athletic Greens on this podcast and they sent me a sample. And then I ran through the sample. It took me like three or four weeks. I ran through the sample and I was like, I got to have some more of this stuff. So I literally went on, and you've heard me say this before. I went to athleticgreens.com and subscribed for my own product, myself. And that that's a huge testament for this company. Athletic Greens, um, it makes me feel better. It makes me Be able to jumpstart my day. I usually do it in the morning with a protein shake. I'll go out on the road and I'll go work out and then I'll, I'll come back and I'll make a little protein shake, get some, some whey protein and mix it with two scoops of athletic greens, throw it in a little blender here on the bus and I'm good to go. I do the same thing at home. It allows me to get my proper green intake for the day without needing to go out and get some salads and stuff like that. And you know, if you skip your greens for long enough, so many days in a row, your body just starts craving it and you need it. And you don't want to sit there and eat a bunch of broccoli. This is where Athletic Greens comes in. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients that we need to thrive. Busy schedules, poor sleep, not enough exercise, stress or simply not eating enough of the right foods. This is where the athletic greens can help us all. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is a nutritional essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious most delicious nutritional habit that you could add to your health routine today and empower you to take ownership of your health. It is really tasty. And it sounds like it's not going to be, but you get this two couple scoops of this green powder. You put it. You could put it in water. It tastes so good. It's got uh, it's got a little bit of sweetness to it, and it's amazing. It contains seventy five vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multi probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. That all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aids with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system. All without the need to take multiple products or the need to go to the salad bar and get every single green that they have in the salad bar and pretend like you actually enjoy eating it. Because that would be impossible. Athletic Greens continues to improve. They had this one, they call it the one holistic formula based on the latest research that produces 53 iterations over the last decade and counting, they invest in the most absorbable and natural source of each ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure that their customers continue to receive the highest quality and best daily nutritional habit on the planet. Right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system, and they're offering my audience free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. You can't beat that. And that all comes with your first purchase. If you visit my link today, you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. Visit athleticgreens.com/granger and join health experts, athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com/granger and get your free year supply of vitamin D and 5 free travel packs today. Back to the podcast. Are right, you going to hit you with some easy ones? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep the hard ones going, Parker. That's what this podcast is about, hitting the hard questions. Here's a good one. Equally yoked relationships is the subject. It says, hey, Granger, my name is Audrey. I'm a sophomore in high school, and I live in Boise, Idaho. That's two Idahos in a row, and that's that's three teenagers in a row. Huge fan of your podcast and all that you do to shed the light of Jesus to so many people. I look up to your wisdom and what you do, so thank you. Thank you, Audrey. I appreciate that says I've grown up in church and live a Christian life. I have a strong faith in Jesus especially in these times. In one of my classes there's a boy that is not only attractive physically but he's also very kind to me and it feels like we've been best friends for years. I've recently felt feelings towards him but I found out he's a Mormon. I have prayed on what to do in this situation because I feel like half of me is torn and wanting to shed the light of Christianity on him, but the other half of me feels as though it would be wrong to date him because the Bible says to be equally yoked in your relationships. But if he ever found out my feelings for him, I also feel our friendship would be ruined anyways. I'm just kind of stuck. So I guess here's my question. Do I go about this? Do I go about this year and just tell him, tell myself to get over him, or do I pursue him. Thank you so much, Audrey. That's an easy one.
3: You know what I'm hearing? (laughs) A lot of feelings. I feel, Mm. I feel, I feel, I would say that it is normal feelings themselves can be good, but when you're throwing that F word around a lot, then I would just have, uh, that red alert check engine light come on as just a, a heads up. Uh, we feel a lot of things. Those feelings are real. Those feelings of physical attraction are real. And guess what? The majority of the time, people feel red hot in love with somebody and they marry them and then those feelings fade and they feel like they fell out of love with them and they get divorced. That happens most of the time is people follow their feelings into relationships. The feelings fade and it's like, we have to figure out something else to trust other than our feelings.
2: Yeah. So, Audrey, um, it's a great question, and it's, it's probably another common question, um, not, to, not to darken it any, but, but, it is, but it's people think about this stuff, and, and the Bible's full of this, this kind of stuff. And so you could go to him, and you could say, I need to tell you something, I'm a Christian, and he's going to say great i'm a christian too and then you're going to say i mean i mean i'm an orthodox christian like i i believe in saved by grace alone through faith, faith alone in christ alone as re- as read in the bible alone as inspired by god alone that's what you say and it's important for you it's going to be important to you to share the gospel with him and and who knows maybe maybe he goes you know what I want to hear more about this I want to hear more about your view 90% chance that he won't and people are getting real uncomfortable in this podcast as they're listening right now but um but the reality is Audrey you're going to have to think about Parker Parker said this before on different podcasts but when you think about and I know you're just a sophomore but when you think about dating even as a sophomore you got to be thinking about dating for marriage otherwise it's not worth it you're not just dating for fun it's you're 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 going to be dating because ultimately Audrey you want to find your your future husband the the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with and the person you're, God willing, going to make babies with. And the last thing you want in raising babies is having an internal conflict with your spouse about where to go to church on Sundays and what to teach them. And it matters now. It matters right now because this kind of stuff leads to really bad relationships. And you want to catch it now before your heart falls and like Parker said, the F word into your feelings, you want to catch it now before you really start liking him a lot. And then you fall in love with him. And then it gets a lot harder to, to kind of sit, get all this situated. So, um, I'm just going to tell you straight up, this is how, that, that's how it's going to happen. And, um, there's, there is this, you know, you want to tell him the gospel because that's, you're going to be convicted to, to do that. And he's going to resist it because that's just not how he was raised. And then at that point, as the Bible says, you're going to have to shake the dust off of your feet and keep on moving. Yep. Next question. Oh, man, we're just right. We're right into another one here. It says question about dating before marriage. It's like, it just naturally, I, guys, I don't, I don't order these questions on this podcast. I promise you it is random. <laughs> okay. He I'm does saying, not. It I'm would saying. be much easier if he did. <laughs> it would <but> be <laughs> easier. One of these days I should hire a producer that like gets these and writes them out and fixes the spelling errors and like puts it in a nice order. But right now it's random. And this is why it's crazy. Cause we're just flowing right into another one. It says, Hey Granger, this is Logan from Dunville, Ontario. I'm a big fan and I have a question about sex and dating. Look at this, Parker. I'm 15. Here we go. This is another a lot one. A young
3: listener. This is
2: random. This is like a random episode, guys. I'm 15, and I'm not dating yet. But I have questions. I know the Bible says not to have sex before marriage, and I don't plan to. But what about other stuff, like being naked in front of them and stuff like that? I have read the Bible and found nothing about how far you can go before marriage. Thanks for your time, and I hope hope you visit Southern Ontario soon, Logan. Parker, this got got you all over it, this question.
3: I got this uh, from a pastor named Jonathan Picluda, and he said-
2: Shout out to Waco, Texas.
3: If we were on a hike and we were next to a cliff and you came up to me and you said, how close do you think I could get to the edge of this cliff? Then I would say, well, do you want to jump off? Because it sounds like you're wanting to get really close. <laughs> this is so good. And so it's a very defensive question. And, and if we're looking for ways to, to shape our lives around the context of the scripture into what we want it to say, then it's a dangerous game. And so the Bible, you know what the Bible does say is that we're not to have a hint of sexual immorality, not a hint of it. So I don't know about you, but I feel like that's pretty clear. Yeah, being naked in front of someone else that you're not married to is probably there. Does the Bible say that you should not be naked specifically in bed next to somebody? No. But why, if it says that you are not to have sex outside of the covenant of marriage, why would you? It would be really hard not to if
1: yeah. you were
3: both naked. So why would you even put yourself in that situation? You're making both of your lives much harder. I
2: put a lot of these clips of these podcasts on TikTok. And do you when you're speaking do you ever think that this might be a TikTok video of you with some nice music in the background and you're saying this stuff cuz that's what I was just thinking. I was like this is going to make a great TikTok. Yeah. Now I do. <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to move on to um ah, man, so so many good ones. So many good ones. Um here's one a couple weeks ago I was with I think it was with Chad and we read a question about someone who says they have an angry husband. Well, this was kind of a reply to that. And the subject says, I am the angry husband and it says, Hey, I saw your post on Facebook talking about the angry husband. And now I'm the one she was talking about. But for some reason, I've been that angry husband lately. I don't know why, and I don't know what to do to stop it. It's been causing issues lately from my wife being mad at me or my two sons hearing me say things I shouldn't. My two-year-old keeps repeating me and I'm just not sure how to calm down and chill out. It's pretty straightforward, man. Thank you, dude. The fact that you emailed this and you just, you were so honest. Um, that's pretty great of you. And and I think that's what, what an incredible first step for you to just go out here on this podcast, email me who you don't even know personally and just lay it all out and admit that you're, you're seeing a problem that could get worse. And then it's having a negative impact on your family. So there's, there's so much to say just for that step right there. And I appreciate it. And and so it's, it's almost like, here we go again with an addiction and we can almost relate it to pornography in a way where I would say, okay, you need accountability, buddy. Someone, someone you could trust, wise counsel that you could trust someone that has a, a, a just a good hearted man of integrity that you could just say, Hey man, I got to tell you, I'm dealing with, let's just call it an addiction, right? Let's call it like it is. Let's call it an addiction and just say, I have an addiction to anger. And it's messing up my family and I want to stop it. I want to know, like you said here, how to just calm down and chill out. Can you help me be accountable? Can you call me at 10 a.m. every weekday and just say, Hey buddy, how are you doing? How'd you do yesterday? And you could report back and say, I did pretty good. There was, there was a time when I slipped up. Um, another thing we could go to is, What's triggering this? Can you identify what's triggering this anger? Is there something? Is it something simple like lack of sleep that that gets to me? If I if I have an early flight and I get up at four a.m. or I get up at three a.m. and I have to be at the airport at four a.m. and I got a five a.m. flight, and then at three p.m. that day, I'm getting mad at everybody.
3: Yeah, you you said the other day whenever I'm low on sleep from an early morning flight, I know not to trust myself for yeah, the majority can't. of that day until I have a nap.
2: Yeah, I can't trust myself because you 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 treat you you hear in your mind you go I just got mad at that guy for not really that big a deal. And 5 minutes later, I got mad at another person for not really that big a deal. What's the common denominator? It's me. Oh, it's me. I should probably shut up today until I take a nap. <laughs> like Hey, I'm not saying that your problem is that simple. I hope that it is. I hope you can go, yeah, it's cuz I get up early and I'm staying up too late. Um maybe it's it's just stress, man. This world is st- is stressful. Maybe your job, maybe you're dealing with a possible layoff. Maybe you're you're seeing the, all this government stuff and you're 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 insecure about your longevity of your job and you're coming home and your wife asks what kind of noodles you want, in your spaghetti, and you're like, "That's I don't care what I'm having in my spaghetti. I'm about to lose my job. You don't say it, but you're thinking that. Is it that? My point is, whatever it is, can you identify the source of the anger? And That will help you a lot.
3: Yeah, I think that's what's most important. And then uh, something that you can do when those things do come up, that's like, what can I f- like physically do in the moment is I would say to uh, remove yourself from the situation for a moment and you're always five breaths away from getting back to center clear headedness, do a six second inhale mm-hmm. and then a six second exhale five times and watch how your heart rate will slow and you'll go, okay, I- I'm-, I'm in a more uh, emotionally stable state of
2: mind now. So good. I'll tell you one more thing. This, this is what helps me is some form of journaling. Now this, this isn't like a, 17-year-old girl writing a diary about her boyfriend. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, it could be on your phone. I use an app called Day One. What do you do?
3: Uh, you got me on Day One. Okay. I've been using that.
2: Super simple. It's an app. I'm not even promoting them for any reason other than it's just easy. But there's a million apps. You could use the notes on your phone, or you could actually use good old-fashioned pen and paper, you know, and and make it super simple. So get a routine. Mine's in the morning. Maybe yours could be at night. It doesn't matter. Pick a routine and stick with it. And your your journal could look like this: It's raining this morning. Um, had a um, had. I worked late last night. Um, got in. Got the kids are still sleeping. Um, about to get dressed and go to work. It could be as simple as that. And then under that, I would encourage you to write a to write a list of three to four things that you're grateful for right now. And, and it, Hey, aim low. It could be simple. It could be, I'm grateful for 65 degree weather outside. It could be super, it used to be super hot or it could be super cold, but it's 65. I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for, uh, a roof over my head. It could be simple. Like I'm saying, it doesn't have to be, I'm grateful because I got a raise at work. Hey, aim low. um, but the, the the active discipline of keeping a gratitude journal matters in your brain. It affects you. When you start acknowledging your gratefulness in, in your day, in your life, then it puts a different perspective on your day as you move forward. That's why I like doing it in the morning. But... Um, I think you would see some big changes if you seek wise counsel, someone keeps you accountable, you identify the triggers of the anger, and you keep a gratitude journal. I think you could start seeing some changes. Let's move to another one here. Um, let's see. There, there. I have. There's a couple dating ones. Part. Here's one. It says. Hey Granger, do you have any thoughts on how long a couple should date before they start thinking about getting married? I know a difference it's different between different couples, but there are things uh, are there things that I should have experienced before deciding to spend the rest of our lives together?
3: Thanks, Brett. You should date as long as it takes to decide that they would be a suitable spouse. Why would you date any longer than that? Drop the mic next question. I don't think that there's a set in stone. It would be nice if someone was like, you will date for one year in three months. And that is the appropriate amount of time to know if someone is a suitable spouse to marry or not. He says,
2: are there things that we should have experienced before deciding to spend the rest of our lives together? Is there any specific event they should experience together as a couple
3: before he decides that? I don't think, I think that when you find what you're looking for, then there's not specific seasons that you have to see somebody in. Uh, you know, if I have a $200 gift card for Amazon and I go on Amazon then and I don't have any idea of what I'm going to buy, then I could get a vacuum, I could get a coffee mug, I could get a new flat screen TV. I could get a, a bowling ball. Like I could get all of these random things, but if I have a specific list and I don't know the situation here, but if I have a specific list of the person that I'm looking for, then as the amount of time that it takes for me to be certain of the characteristics that they have, of what I'm looking for, then it's like you found what you're looking for and to bring Christ into it, again, I can't answer this question without bringing Christ into it. If there has never been a divorce in the history of the world of two people who are radically following Jesus Christ, never in history yeah, has there ever been a divorce between two people radically following Jesus Christ. And so I have to say that that is first and foremost what I'm looking for in my spouse because I want a lasting marriage. And so I don't know about this specific situation, but I would say that when you find what you're looking for, there's not a black and white season that you have to see your spouse. in.
2: I could say that the exact thing happened to me and Amber. Um, both of us, you know, had our share of dating. I got, I met Amber when I was 29 years old and she was 27 and I dated her for, let's see, um, I started, really started dating her. I met her in February, started dating her in March, March, April, May, June. And I bought, I bought her engagement ring in June. That was four months. So I didn't have that template that you just spoke of, of, you know, what'd you say? Date, date until you know that you're meeting the criteria. I didn't think about that, but all I did know was, yeah, she's the one. And, and I, I wasn't, I'm not talking about like a mystical, like there's, there's 7 billion people on the planet and she's the one that the stars aligned. And like, it wasn't that it was like, this one is perfect for me. Amber's perfect. And I had dated enough to know, I felt like but maybe that didn't even matter. Maybe the dating didn't even matter. It could just be, um, we just clicked. And so four months go by, We casually dated at the beginning and then it ramped up. And by four months, I was buying a ring. And then I proposed in September and then we got married in February. So I literally met her and married her one year from when I met her, um, was engaged seven months after and bought a ring four months after. So I didn't think about any kind of mathematical problem with this. I just, it just felt right. And so to you, Brett, we didn't experience any, we didn't go to like the Grand Canyon, or we didn't do something that we felt like we needed a certain experience for it to matter. We just, just worked. And, and I I would, I would say, does it fit? Does it work? Go for it. Let's say, let's say one more part. Um, okay. I have no idea what this is about to say, but the subject line is why does it seem like nothing goes right for me? Hey Granger my name is Ella and I'm a freshman in high school another another teenager. My question is, why does it seem like nothing goes right in my life? I am always working to do my best in school uh, with my grades, but I end up failing. I try to be the best daughter and sister to my two brothers, but they always act like it doesn't I don't matter or doesn't ex- don't exist anymore. I feel like my parents don't love me anymore and all they care about are my brothers. They make me feel like I'm a burden. I'm just shoving my feelings deep down and not telling anyone what's going on in my head. But after a while, I get really depressed and I overthink everything again. How do I make this cycle stop? I want to be happy and I want to do well in school, but my thoughts get in the way. Your advice would really help me. Keep doing amazing work. Your podcast really helped me. Thank you. So Ella, freshman, how old was a freshman?
3: Fifteen? Yeah, I was fifteen, my freshman. Year.
2: Fifteen years old, man. This is like the trifecta of fifteen-year-olds. Thank you, Ella, for emailing. Thank you for the kind words about the podcast and listening and telling me that it helps you. Because then that that just makes me feel like it, it matters. Um, I want to validate your feelings. You're fifteen, and these kind of feelings are normal. Yeah, you're not different. You're not. You're not an outcast. Um, you're you're having these conflicting thoughts and feelings and that's part of growing. And so let me say this, Ella, you're not going to have these same kind of conflicting, confusing thoughts when you're 25 and you're not, you're going to have less of them when you're 35 and even less when you're 45 and their problems will change and you'll have problems, but they will change. And it's not going to be look. when I look back at me in high school, when I try to think about the scenarios I was in in high school, I think about myself as a horse with blinders on. And I only saw str- just like this tiny little space in front of me. I didn't know what was going on in my peripherals at all. And I was easily distracted. And But when I would turn, the blinders turned with me. So then I forget where I'm walking and then I bump into a wall. It's literally, that's my high school. I have, I have so vague memories of walking those halls. So I hear you. I hear you. What do you what do you tell Ella Parker?
3: Well, it's hard. You have to you have to answer it for who she is, which is a 15 year old, and I would I would answer well she sure may be fourteen or fifteen, but you know, you'd answer it differently for different people at different stages in life, like you said. And so I mean I think that someone is a freshman in high school, they they need to try to focus on gratitude, try to keep that gratitude a little bit above whatever's going on and, and force herself to be grateful and, and to not follow her feelings, even if she's, you know, feeling, maybe feeling depressed or anxious. I think that, um, how important is it to be surrounded with a good group of friends, to be involved in something, to, to stay active? You know, we're not made to, to walk this path alone, and we're a promised suffering. Like life is going to be tough and it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. Um, but to not not fall into a victim mentality either and think that everybody's out to get her because that's that's a form of pride as well. It's, yeah. It's someone who is uh, – it's very common to think of yourself too much and then you become self-centered and you become miserable because you're thinking of yourself so much and thinking that people are out to get you. And you grow this victim mentality. So, uh, you know, I saw someone say on uh, on TikTok actually the other day, talking about self love and how we're supposed to love our, learn to love ourselves first, and then we can love others second. When in reality, we are made to to love others first. When when yeah. we're thinking of ourselves and trying to raise our self esteem ourselves, and we're doing it all ourselves, then we get entrapped in this this snowball of depression. Whereas We're not meant to just slowly, you know, solely focus on ourselves. We're meant to, you know, to to focus on others and figure out rather how much the world is out to get me. How can I provide value for others? How can I go get involved? How can I go help out a friend with their homework or someone who's not getting talked to at the lunch table? And and when you start doing those things, then um, I think that will improve your self love as well.
2: Ella, I want to speak something into you. I want to tell you that you are telling, constantly telling lies to yourself. And I can tell you, because I'm reading it, you're you're trying to be the best daughter, and then in your mind you go, but you're not. You're trying to be the best sister, but in your mind you're saying, you're not. You're, sell- you're telling yourself, my parents don't love me anymore. My brothers think I don't exist anymore. All my parents care about is my brothers. I am a burden. I have problems with depression. I have problems overthinking. I have problems stuck in a cycle. And you're constantly lying to yourself. And the, the biggest problem in your situation right now is you are lying to yourself about all your surroundings. So unlike me, when I was in high school and I had the blinders on, I want you to not be like me. I want you to take the blinders off for a second and just stop lying to yourself And I say it harshly like that because that's the reality is you need to say, wait a minute. Of course, my parents love me. Why would I say my parents don't love me anymore? I'm their one and only daughter. Yes, they love me. Why do do I keep telling myself my brothers think I don't exist? I'm clearly right here in the house. Obviously, I exist. That is a lie. I want you to also think about um, your grades. You said, I want to do my best in school in my grades, but I end up failing. That's that's an action you could take right now. That's a that's a out of everything you've said, that's that's one of the things you can go hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay. Let's let's what class that I failed? Why did I fail it? Do I need tutoring? Do I need to get with a buddy that's gonna help me with this subject? Maybe it's math, maybe it's science, whatever. Let me find a buddy that's gonna help me. I gotta get a I gotta start reeling some of this stuff in. Take accountability for yourself, which is difficult. It's man If I could have told myself this, I would have been so much better, but that that, I had the blinders on. So if you could take accountability for yourself and move forward and say, Hey, mom, dad, I'm struggling in math. I'm going to go and get a math tutor, or I'm going to go and have a wise counsel friend that's going to help me. And your parents are going to go, Ella, that's amazing. (laughs) That's really great. And these little self-accountability things you could do for yourself will change everything. It will matter, and it's slow increments. Aim low. Don't set too high of expectations for yourself. You're not going to get Val Victorian and, and be the homecoming queen and win the award for best sister and get the you know the parents' best daughter award stop setting these high expectations and go, I'm Ella. I am who I am. My parents love me. My brothers are, they think I'm annoying, but it's normal in our stage right now of life. 10 years, it's not going to be like that. When they're 30 and I'm 28, they're not going to think of me as this annoying 15-year-old. So self-accountability, get over it. You're going to be just fine. Take care of those grades. Go tackle that problem right now. Thank you for emailing. It matters to me. You matter to me that you emailed, seriously. If I didn't have people like you coming in and, and filling me with these kind of questions, then it it wouldn't make me think about my own life and want to take accountability for myself and think about how to write my own ship. So it you matter to me. This email is inspiring to me. And um, this is another one of these where I say, write back one day and let me know where you are and how's it, how it's going. And, uh, we love all you guys for listening, staying tuned, keeping this podcast at the top list of the charts of music podcast. And ironically, we didn't even say anything about music today.
3: Yeah. If you don't mind leaving a review on, uh, if you're listening on Apple, um, uh, yeah. podcasts that would help a lot. Go, go drop a review and an honest review. Let us know your thoughts and, yeah. um, it would help out Granger a lot.
0: Visit 80 to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.